When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you tired of listening to ads and just want the story? With the Tales of the Forgotten membership, you'll get ad-free episodes of all our shows, like this one, and you'll be supporting the creators and stories that you love. Go to talesoftheforgotten.com backslash membership. But hey, we like to spoil you. So a Tales of the Forgotten membership also offers bonus content like character audio files, artwork, exclusive shows, first looks at scripts, and a lot more. So go to talesoftheforgotten.com backslash membership or just click the link in the description. The following episode contains adult content, violence, and sex. Listener discretion is advised. It is the internal struggles when fought and won on their own that yield the strongest rewards. You stole that struggle from them, cheapened it. If you care for others, then dispense with pity and sacrifice and recognize the value in letting them fight their own battles. And when they triumph, they will be even stronger for the victory. Darth Treya. It was the most difficult six days of my life. I was only allowed one in the tank, the rest in bed, Angrel's orders. Shots of Colto three times a day. I hovered in and out of excruciating pain, but wouldn't let them give me a sleeping shot because vengeful acolytes, eager to make a name for themselves, jealous of my strength, hateful that I had been a Jedi, or sent by orders, waited to kill me. The first one almost succeeded. I'd just come out of the tank. I could barely walk, let alone move in the fluid way required for a fight. I remember managing to jam the hidden knife I slept with into his neck and passed out. When I woke up, I was back in the tank, just for four hours. Droids removed me and put me back in bed. Day three, two more came. But I'd spent my time meditating on my dark emotions and I realized that I could use them to push along the speed of my recovery. I'd been deep in one of those meditations when I felt them approach. I knew I wouldn't survive a long fight, so I recalled my skill as a shadow and found even using the dark side, I could still cloak myself inside the Force. They barged into the room, attacking the bed they thought I was in, but I was behind them. I reappeared and decapitated them both before they could turn around. 
I kicked their bodies and their heads out into the hallway, closed the door, and went back to bed. On day five, I went into the Sith archives. The Jedi learned a great deal about the Sith when now Master Jerry Caden captured the Dreadmasters, but the holocrons I found in the Sith archives painted a more complete picture. They were fascinating. Texts by Darth Revan and Darth Treyer were extremely helpful as I tried to understand my feelings. I'd been reading for countless hours when another assassin tried to kill me. I just turned a page when a warrior's instinct warned me that I wasn't alone. He'd suppressed his force signature, Nomer Acolyte, sent by Angrelbet. A test. I held very still until I heard the hiss of a lightsaber coming from my head. I shot to my feet, my saber in my palm, blade ignited and held over my shoulder to counter the strike. I expected what came next, the power of the force slamming into my back. I went with the momentum, rolling across the table, coming to my feet and whirling around. I threw my offhand saber at him with the motion, using the force to guide its arc at my enemy's head. He leapt over it, landing on the table in front of me and attacked. I was more annoyed at the interruption of my studying than mad he was trying to assassinate me. So I force choked him to death. Never had I used the force to take a life. I reveled in that feeling of power, sat back down, and returned to my reading. Day six, they left me alone. Darth Angled summoned me on day seven. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama, created and produced by Crystal Storm. Episode three. Chapter seven, Duality. It only took me three years to earn the title of Darth. Three years in which I threw myself into the mockery that was the Cold War with utter ruthlessness. Another six months before I felt comfortable taking an absence. I didn't go see family right away. I spent days alone first, searching my feelings outside the prying eyes of the Imperials, the Sith, and all the endless games of manipulation that came with it. Eventually, I felt comfortable enough to go and see them. I strode out of my quarters and contacted Reed. Over the years, I'd used the Force to reach out to her, just to let her know I was still alive. I met Reed on Tatooine, where she'd taken over a retired criminal lord's underground complex and used it as one of her bases of operations planetside. Reed had gotten an implant long ago, so I didn't expect her to be surprised when she saw mine. I had been briefly concerned about the faint traces of the dark side that were beginning to show in my face, but I shouldn't have. Reed hugged me tightly when I arrived. The years bled away and a faint smile touched my mouth when I realized it didn't matter what I was. Nothing had changed between us. When she drew back, she punched me in the shoulder. <laughs> Three fracking years? I'm a Darth now. Nice. Is that a record? Probably. Kids are down on the second level in their area. My heart clenched. It made relief run through me that I could still feel that emotion. I hugged Reed again. She allowed it because my sister still knew me. Stop hugging me. <laughs> Go hug them. I nodded and rushed off. When I found them, Vancito and Lencora were arm wrestling. Tana was holding a chrono, instigating them both. <laughs> Brother, 
You've got the arm strength of a backwater evil kind. <laughs> Tears threaten to flood my eye as I remain hidden in the shadows, watching them. They hadn't been small when I left, but they'd grown so terribly fast. Unable to contain myself a moment longer, I uncloaked. Tana was the first that noticed me. Her eyes widened. Mom? The boys stopped arm wrestling almost simultaneously. Both their gazes jerked to mine. Mom! Their emotions swarmed me before they did. I'd never been so wonderfully overwhelmed when they closed around me like they'd done so often as children, hugging me and talking all at once. Are you Sith now? Can I be one? Two lightsabers, mother. You must teach me. I'm going to be a bounty hunter. Aunt Reed is teaching me stuff. They were my light. I realized that as I hugged them back and I touched their precious faces. And now their training would be complete. They would learn the dark side of the Force just as I had. And I didn't care which side they chose to wield. Their loyalty would be to their family. You're in love. And it's not with me. It was much later when it was just the two of us, naked and in bed together, the children long asleep. I was lying in the crook of his arm, my back against his chest, his fingers playing with mine. I kissed his palm and dodged his perceptive nature, even though I was pleased that hadn't changed either. We love each other, but we've never been in love with each other. This isn't where you ask me for a divorce, is it? Of course not. I see no reason to end our alliance. In fact, we need to talk about the future. Oh, what devious thing do you have planned, my sexy Sith of a wife? Amusement crawled through my eye. Pausing talk of my grand plan for our family, I slowly turned so I was lying on his chest and asked a more pressing question. How different am I? His fingers trailed down my side, stopping at the scar Darth Angrel had given me. You used to laugh more. Your humor is there, but it's more contained. Was it difficult? Killing Sith? No. I delighted in their deaths. Killing the Republic? Killing Jedi? Sometimes. I rolled onto my back, staring up at the ceiling. I like the dark side, Elijah. It is volatile and dangerously addictive, but it is the darker side of passion and emotion turned into strength. Controlled, it is limitless. Uncontrolled, it's self-destructive. But it's very hard to control. What do you mean? There's little rest inside of it. It's always there, wanting something else, something more. Power, bloodlust. It's always taunting me to take one more step deeper into the abyss. And how do you answer it? My way. I will not let it control me. But I understand more now the tenet that peace is a lie. Except, I realize, when I'd seen our children. I felt that sense of peace again. The thought made me smile. You still carry the calm of a Jedi, but I feel the dark side around you. It suits you. Does Kazrin's death bring you peace now? My gaze immediately sharpened for a different reason. No. I would not fool myself into thinking that I had done anything to honor Kazrin. He would never have approved of my descent to the dark side of the Force, regardless of how at home I felt inside of it. My thoughts turned to Zarin, 
Elijah sensed where my thoughts had gone. She has a new Padawan. For the moment, I didn't want to think about the complication that was my sister. I changed the subject. His name is Malavi Quinn. And? He started as an amusement. He was so rigid, so by the book, I couldn't resist ruffling him. And now? He's grown on me, more than I expected. Sometimes it happens like that. Have you fallen in love, husband? Elijah smiled mysteriously but said nothing. I grinned darkly and pounced, straddling him. Afraid I'll get jealous and kill her. <laughs> Should I be? Jealousy is for the weak, silly Jedi. Make love to your wife again, then tell me of this girl. As you wish. Chapter 8 Lessons of the Sith One Year Later I was standing in the main hold of my interceptor. Reed was on the hollow terminal in front of me. Eventually this treaty is going to crack. We'll need to be ready when war breaks out between the Empire and the Republic again. Agreed. Though when it starts, I'm going to make a killing. Wartime could make the right kind of smuggler rich. I felt it when Captain Malavi Quinn returned. His steps were urgent as he marched into the main hole, but when he saw I was in a call, he immediately took up a silent, rigid officer's stance behind me. Hiding the instinctive smile his presence inspired, I ignored him for the moment and continued my conversation. Have you ever heard of a man named Lorimar? Can't say I have. I'm sending you what little information I have on him. We need to find him. Ain't that interesting. Very. I don't want the bulk of our army to be compromised of unreliable soldiers. Droids are much more effective, but even they have their limits. If we're going to accomplish what we seek, we're going to need something better. Oh, I love you so much more as a Sith. <laughs> Good hunting, sister. Good hunting, Loresa. I switched off the connection and turned, finally acknowledging Malavi. I'd first met Malavi Quinn during a mission to the planet Balmora. He was intelligent, dashing in his uniform, and oddly did not carry the ego other Imperial officers usually did. After my assignment, because of the well-deserved glowing report I'd given him, he'd earned a promotion and been given choice of a new assignment. He'd requested to join mine. I'd agreed, less because I was attracted to him, more because of his value. At the time, I suspected that his sudden desire to join my crew might have been a ploy by Darth Angrel who Malavide owed much of his early career success to, to keep an eye on me. But in so far, Malavide had proven loyal, and my attraction to him had grown, rapidly and unexpectedly. You have a report to give me, Captain. I do, my lord. Malavide went into a detailed account of the personal mission I'd allowed him to undertake regarding the fall of some incompetent moth I could care less about. But it was so important to him, so I gave him the courtesy of at least half listening. While he spoke, I kept wondering when he'd stop putting duty before passion. He'd continually resisted my advances, citing he couldn't put our lives in danger by allowing his feelings for me to cloud his judgment. I thought the sentiment amusing, even though I understood it. Still, I didn't much care. I wanted him. My lord, I've held back long enough, been too rigid, too inflexible. I won't suppress my feelings or desires any longer. I did well containing my surprise. A coy smile slid across my mouth instead. 
Is that right? I'll expect you to prove this, Captain. Before I could move, he grabbed me. His mouth was hot and demanding, literally breast-stealing. In the next second, I'd been jacked back against the console. My hands held above me, his teeth. He caught my waiting mouth, shoved his knee between my thighs, and he swallowed the sound I made. I used the force to rip open his trousers. My arms I put around his neck, hastily pulled my gloves from my fingers so I could shove them into his hair, holding his lips to mine. I took what I wanted, rocking my hips against the teasing press of his muscled thigh to invite him to do the same. It surprised me, sinfully so, the speed he found his way inside of me. I have to admit, I didn't expect this kind of passion from my by-the-book Malavi. I didn't expect his stamina, either. Three months later. I was standing in front of the hollow terminal, a hollow image of the blueprints for my new compound set on the larger screen. Malavi was standing at attention behind me, taking notes on things I wanted to change. I could sense, however, every time his eyes moved to my back and how long they stayed there. Something was on his mind. What is it, Captain? It's something to communicate to you, my lord, but I'm waiting for a moment of privacy. Speak, Malavi. I may not wish to hear it later. Very well, but you'll have to look at me. I gave him the courtesy of tipping my chin over my shoulder, my gaze peering out at him from the inside of the shadows of my cowl. I love you. I knew he did. I could feel it. Still, I was pleasantly surprised at my internal reaction when I heard the words. He came towards me, intimately invading my space. He exposed my faint smile and darkened eye when he pushed back my cow. What's more, you love me. His assertiveness never failed to affect me, more intensely this time because of what he'd confessed. I took a moment to revel in my feelings, the rise of my passion, the heightening of my emotions, and how when I crawled inside of them I could feel peace. I hadn't expected that. But at the time, I welcomed it. You're very sure of yourself, Malavi. I knew what it did to him to hear his name breathed out from between my lips. His jaw tensed. He came closer still, pressing his forehead against mine. I don't know why, but I loved it when he did that. His eyes shut, his fingers crawling around the back of my neck. Say it. I put my hands on his chest and tipped my face up. I came so close that when I spoke, he'd be able to feel my lips move against his own. I gave him something I gave to very few. Unmanipulative truth. I love you. Three days later. We were in an abandoned space station. Malavi brought me here, explaining that he needed to use the computers to complete an assignment Darth Angrel tasked me with. The moment the door shut, my senses sprang to alert. Malavi walked in front of me, and I knew. He began to speak, and I suddenly felt cold inside. My lord, I regret that our paths must diverge. Out of respect, I wanted to be here to witness your fate. Don't do this. The words screamed inside of me. 
How dare you? I hated that my voice wasn't stronger. Seventy-two hours since he'd admitted that he loved me. Had that feeling of perfection lasted only that short amount of time? My days filled with the death of my enemies, my nights spent in his arms? Was that why I hadn't sensed his betrayal? This entire scenario is a ruse. Darth Angrel is my true master, and he can no longer have you challenging his power. Not you. Please. My hands balled to fists at my sides. I didn't notice until the ache in my knuckles started. Were your feelings a ruse too, Malavi? The pain was greater than my rage when I asked it because I feared he'd say they were. I didn't want to have to choose between you, but he's... he's forced my hand. Weakling, I thought furiously. The doors behind him opened and I drew my lightsabers as two battle droids emerged. Malavi kept talking, telling me how he'd studied me, how he'd programmed the two battle droids just for me, but I wasn't listening to him. My cybernetic eye scanned the one on the right and identified the weak points in the design in the second it took me to spring. The force of my landing knocked both battle droids back into the wall, briefly stunning them. I shot out my hand, jerking my gaze to the one at my left, and using the force, I shut it down completely. It would take 60 seconds for the droid to reprogram its systems and come back online. Behind me, Malavi pulled his weapon. I heard the hiss of his pistol as it left the holster. The second battle droid cocked its guns in preparation to fire. I channeled my rage, and it quickened my movements. I let it flare hotter, and it nearly formed a protective barrier around me. I backflipped, landed, and sprang again right towards Quinn, crossing my lightsabers over my back to block the rapid fire coming from the droid. Malavi had never been the best of shots, especially not at moving targets. He squeezed the trigger and it grazed my side. I didn't feel the physical pain in those moments, though. My boots struck him on the side of the head, knocking him to the ground unconscious. I was moving the moment I landed, spinning around and releasing one of my lightsabers with the motion. The blade flew through the air and sliced off the droid's right side weapon. I blocked the gunfire from its second gun and leaped again, calling my lightsaber back to my hand and catching it midair. When I landed, I was on the battle droid's head, my blades burning an X into its metal skull. I snapped my gaze up, just to see the second droid come awake. My foot shot out, knocking into the weapon on the droid's armor that I was currently riding. The smack made the droid's missile shoot out, a straight shot that exploded its clone. I jumped off my dismantled droid and the sharp removal of my lightsabers ripped its head in two. The entire thing collapsed with a whine and a shower of sparks. I sheathed and holstered one of my blades ripped my hood back, took off my helmet, letting it drop to the ground. Whirling, I locked my eye on Malibi as he groaned, slowly coming to. Traitor. Yes. I don't expect your mercy, but I deeply regret. I didn't want to hear it. I couldn't hear it. I shot my arm out, the force shooting through my fingertips and crashing into Malibi, sending him flying backwards. He hit the far wall with a loud thud and a painful grunt. As he dropped, I tracked him and used the force to halt his descent an inch from the ground, simply so I could lift him and slam him into the metal myself. 
The skin at his temple broke and his blood began to stain the ground. He didn't move, and my rage suddenly stopped. Had I killed him? Panic flared. I should kill him. My anger surged again and screamed. I loved you. I love you. Closing my eye, I searched for control. I holstered my lightsaber before my passion overwhelmed me. When I heard him start to come to again, I couldn't tell how much time had passed. My lord. Do not speak. There are no words you can say, Quinn. He was no longer Malavi. He couldn't be. My eye opened, glowing with my controlled rage. You will live because I am stronger for your betrayal. Because I now know better than to think that love might possibly be the strongest loyalty. Every word I spoke looked as if it pained him. Good. I reveled in his emotional agony, imagined that every drop of blood that ran down his face were pieces of his heart destroyed. The way he just destroyed mine. You will speak of your crime to no one. You will serve me now with the same conviction you served my enemy. That is what you owe for your failure. I came closer, towering over him. His head remained bowed. It took a mere thought to force his chin up, to make him look into the hatred in my eye. Every time you look at me, you will see that failure and everything you've lost because of it. And you will spend the rest of your days working towards the moment that I might allow you to see me as something else. Am I clear? His brows knitted together. His eyes were moist as if he might cry. I would choke him if he did. Choke him until he passed out because I couldn't stand another moment of his weakness. Or his reminder of mine. Yes, my lord. I released him from my grasp. Turned on my heel, I marched off, calling over my shoulder. Remove your things from my chambers. You are no longer welcome there. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share the story with your friends. Join us Tuesday evenings at 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show, where Crystal talks with the cast from each episode. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming projects, visit crystalsimagination.com. Episode 3 features voice performances by Crystal Storm, Alex Ahmed, Bunbarian, Tara, Adam Corman, Hannah Cardiac, Alejandro Paz, and Jake Riker. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode. Please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. 
A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create in.